0: What is going on, guys? This is Gordon, and this is the show where we talk all things fitness, weight loss, health, and wellness, but not just temporarily, permanently. That's right. Welcome to permafit. All right, guys, what is going on? Welcome back. And we have a very special episode today, actually. This is really, really cool. So I am in Minneapolis right now with a couple of our team members here. I've got Amanda and Shanna. Ladies, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing awesome. Very good. How about you? (laughs)
0: Life is good. Life is good. Uh, So we're here doing a couple different things. We're grabbing some content. We're recording some things. We're doing a kind of like a group live stream and just a few other little things, masterminding a bit. And we wanted to use this opportunity to create a podcast with all three of us in the same room, which is really, really cool. The energy is always different when you're doing this kind of thing, and you know, there's like body language and whatnot, and we talked a little bit about the the topics that we feel are, are really worth exploring with us three in the room ahead of time, and we're going to take this opportunity... To, to bring to this podcast a, a topic that we feel is extremely impactful for every single person going through the health and fitness and weight loss journey. And that topic is storytelling. Okay, now, storytelling, in the traditional sense, is not really what we're talking about. We're talking specifically about the stories that we tell ourselves The stories that we make up in our own head, the stories that we kind of like narrate by ourselves, to ourselves, for ourselves, to justify and rationalize things that aren't really serving us at the end of the day. And an example of that, before we really dive in here, an example of that would be telling yourself a story that has a lot of verbiage or language that sounds like this. Well... I would love to do that, but X, Y, Z, or yeah, that would be awesome. except that, right? So those, those two examples right there, it's, it's us teeing up something for ourselves or queuing us up for something cool, like something amazing that we want to achieve. And then giving ourselves an out right off the bat before we even get started. We're giving ourselves the ability to back out just by framing it that way. So again, one of those examples was, I would love to do that. Actually, we can get more specific here. I would love to lose 100 pounds, but, right, and it doesn't even matter what comes after the but. It really doesn't. What matters is that you you gave yourself an out before we even got started. And that sort of language that we use with ourselves is nothing more than a story, because first of all, it's never rooted in anything real. It's only rooted in the fact that we don't believe that we can achieve it and we don't have confidence that we can see it all the way through to completion or we don't have confidence that we can seek out the solution if we don't know exactly what it is or whatever. That's all it's rooted in, is that kind of stuff. It's never rooted in anything real. So if you've ever been that person who has wanted to get into a health and fitness and weight loss journey that led to a specific outcome like losing 100 pounds or finally being comfortable in your own skin even, okay? Uh, something like that and you have worded it that way to yourself like I'm going to do this but or I'd love to do that except that, right? Whatever, any kind of language like that. Just just understand that that is nothing more than some stuff going on in your head, what I like to call mind trash, okay? There's mind trash going on in your head that manifests into a dialogue that you listen to. And we put more stock into what we tell ourselves subconsciously like that to keep ourselves stuck than, than we put into the people in our lives or the resources that we're looking for that are actually trying to help us. That's very, very, very real. And if that didn't quite make sense, then I, I want you to pause this, maybe go back, listen to the last minute, because it's going to likely change your perspective on how you have viewed, how you view the past attempts that you've made at seeing this change happen. So uh, I can go on and on and on for hours about stories that I've told myself that I quite honestly wasn't even aware of until years later, truthfully, and that's the case with most people, right? Once people get to their goal and they've kept it for the long term and they've made the transformation, they can go back and kind of look at, oh, wow. I told myself that same bullshit story over and over and over again for years. A lot of times it's not, a, it's not uh, clear, clear until you get to the goal and, and you really have the, that awareness. But rather than me talk about all my stories, uh, we're going to get into a few different examples here and... I would love for our team to kind of give you different perspectives on stories that we've told ourselves, not just me, but our whole team here that I have with me, which isn't actually the whole team. It's half the team, but we've got um, some really, really cool perspectives. And I know many of you listening are likely women, if not all of you. And therefore, it's probably a good idea for you to hear some of this stuff from our female team members, not just coming from me. Now, when it comes to health, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to weight loss, men and women do share so many similarities in what goes on in our heads and the way we view things, despite what people want to think, we actually do share a lot of similarities, but even still, it's always nice to hear from different perspectives of different people, first of all, but also different perspectives from different people who might have some other things in common such as being a woman, okay, now I'm very aware of that and I'm, um, I'm not blind to the fact that I'm living a different life than many of you just because of the nature of me being a male, right? So uh, let's let's do this. So Shannon, let's start with you, all right? So and we'll come back around, and I will tell a couple of mine, but let's start with you, mm-hmm. all right? Um, is there a particular story that you know that you were telling yourself back in the day that kept you in some sort of hamster wheel or just kept you stuck not making any progress just continuing to like bang your head against the wall and get frustrated and pissed off and always searching for that next thing what's come to mind when i bring that up
1: i wish i only had one story um i have a lot of them but what really um the the biggest story that i told myself was i had a host of medical issues um, that um, playing my endocrine system. And so, you know, I had physicians and whatnot working with me, um, you know, hypothyroidism and some neuroendocrine stuff. And um, I would, I would use that as a, so I'm just kind of supposed to be overweight. I'm just supposed to look like this because I have all these conditions. So therefore, I have you know, a reason to be overweight and I don't really need to be worried about it. Or, um, you know, I do remember one time and God bless her. I had a really wonderful physician. but I remember one time she said to me, you're my 1% of patients that has a reason to be overweight and her giving me that permission. Oh, that messed with me so bad because when I used it, like, you know, if, if, um, I always felt inadequate being overweight, but, you know, I would just say, well, you know, I have gained weight. It's, it's because of this. My doctor told me, you know, but that's not why. I mean, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't keep me from losing weight. Um, like medically, I wasn't kept from losing weight. It was in my head that kept me from losing weight. Um, just because you have endocrine issues does not mean that you necessarily have to gain weight, um, It was more my motivation eating incorrectly, you know, like eating overeating um, that was causing the weight gain. But it was so easy for me to use my medical issues to um, kind of excuse what I was doing and keep me stuck for sure. That was the biggest anyways, my biggest story.
0: Shanna, when did did that happen? When did you have that conversation with that particular doctor who said that?
1: Um, I was probably, it was seven years ago, about seven years ago.
0: So, you, now, you're obviously on the Permafit team now, but prior to that, you were a client. Many many listeners already know that. And you joined us in 2020. Yes. So, that would have made this conversation that you had with your doctor about five years prior to that, right? Correct. Okay. So, what happened between that conversation and 2020? How did that look for you? Like, did you, were you trying different diets and all kinds of stuff or were you just did you just accept it and believe the story even though you didn't really believe it what that look like
1: both and um a lot of times like so I tried every other fad diet that everybody else did um you know because I was bound and determined like to lose some weight and I wanted to look better I wanted to feel better you know without having a lot of answers to the questions um you know, so there were times though that I just said, you know what, this isn't working for me because, see, I have this medical condition, so that's why it's not working for me, right? Um, When in fact, either what I was doing was just a fad diet, which was not something that I was going to be able to do for the rest of my life, um, you know, whether that was the case or not. Um, But generally, I would probably give up to just thinking that my doctor was right and there was nothing I could do about it. I guess kind of making myself feel hopeless in a way.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And then, you know, you talked about fad diets and stuff. So if I go back to, man, my story is very long. Like the, the, the years that I spent in that rock bottom space of just hating how I looked and felt and everything. And I guess it's the other way around, how I felt and then how I looked. It's how I felt first about myself. I'm sure many of you resonate with that. If you're stuck right now, you likely care more about how you feel about yourself and your body than how you look. Now, you obviously are, well, I won't say obviously, but you're likely in a position where you want to change how you look. But it's not really about how you look. It's about how you feel about how you look. Does that make sense? And when you're in that... that space, uh, it's normal and it's natural to pursue other things like Shannon just mentioned, pursuing other diets, pursuing quick fix things. That's when we fall, I won't say fall victim, but it kind of is. That's when you kind of get sucked into trying things that look and we deep down already know are kind of like too good to be true, but we search for them anyway and we try them anyway and we let our, our emotions kind of make that decision for us. And when I was young... I had to take, so just a little side thing. When I was young, I had to take um, a, a slew of different steroids for medical stuff. And my mother, <laughs> she'll never listen to this probably, but she used to tell me when I was overweight, now this is, this is me, this is young, this is like single digit age years into my like, early teens. She used to tell me that it was the, the, the steroids that I had to take as a kid years prior that caused me to continue to be overweight years later. Now, this is a growing, I was a growing young man with normal hormones, normal muscular hypertrophy happening just naturally, like normal stuff. There was absolutely no reason for me to be dramatically overweight just because I took prednisone years earlier for a few different medical things, which was all behind me. And um, I believed it. Here's the thing I believed that. And then what I did with that, and this is what a lot of people do, is they'll take something like that, and I'm actually surprised and impressed that this didn't happen to you, Shannon, is I took what she told me. Now, she was actually in the medical field. Uh, she was a an RN, and she worked, I think she, I, I don't remember exactly, like, but I know she was an RN at least at one point, and then she climbed from there. But she used to tell me these things, and I believed it. I was like, oh, my mom is in the medical field. Of course she knows what she's talking about. Um, she she unfortunately didn't. Mom, I love you, but that wasn't accurate. Okay. Um, so what I did, though, was I took that story, and I, I manufactured more stories off of that, about that. Well I was like, okay, well, I took these steroids, therefore I'm heavy. And therefore, it's okay for me to continue to be heavy because I took steroids. And oh, you know what? I'm I'm wearing pants that are bigger than my dad's and I'm 12 years old, and that's okay because I and this is just how I am. Like this is just okay for me because this is the way I am. Now, all of this kind of stuff, and I remember having these conversations with myself, and all of this kind of stuff is, is nothing more than a story, guys. That's the thing. It's not like you, we take a little piece of something, like an inch, right, and we turn it into this mile long tale, and we continue to tell ourselves this tale over and over and over again. And what we do over time, just like a game of telephone, is we tell ourselves, an evolved version of that tale every couple of months or every couple of weeks or every time we start and fail at something. We start a new diet and fail. Now we tell ourselves a story, but now it's now it's more dramatic. Now all of a sudden there's more details to it and there's more there's more woe is me kind of stuff that's woven in there. And we do this a lot and it's really it's nothing more than us just continuing to rewrite the same script over and over and over again with the same stuff, just amplified, just intense you know more intense, intensified. And it's it's just so incredibly common, and it it really does not serve us. So if you're in that situation right now and you're kind of nodding your head like yeah that 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 sounds like me I I think I might do that a little bit, then if you're thinking that now if you're identifying that maybe you do this a little bit now, then chances are there's actually many 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 more layers to it. And you just haven't really spent much time thinking about it. And what the funny thing is one of the one of the things we always tell our clients is as, as, as weird as this might sound, as weird as this might seem, as delusional as it might even seem, one of the most important things that you need to do in order to get long-term results is to actually start thinking about what you're thinking about. I'm serious. As it's not, guys, it's not about the exercise and the, and the nutrition. Yes, <laughs> those things are important. But until you can actually become aware of your own thoughts and aware of yourself telling yourself these stories or aware of what you believe to be true or not not believe to be true. Like if you believe that you're stuck forever, right? That's a mindset thing that has nothing to do with exercise. That has nothing to do with nutrition, right? If you believe you're going to be stuck forever, like I did, all that was was a mindset, mind trash kind of pile up that I had to clear out. Does that make sense? It's, it's, it's the number one culprit for people not getting where they where they really want to go and not achieving the results they want to achieve, it has literally nothing to do with training and exercise or exercise and nutrition or food or meals or calories. It literally has nothing to do with that. None of that stuff matters if you can't change what you're thinking and what you believe to be true. And you can't change those things until you become aware of the fact that you're thinking them in the first place, right? Try to tell someone who isn't aware that they're thinking something something specific, try to tell them that they need to change that when they're not even aware that they're thinking it. Okay. Now, this might sound confusing. It might sound like, wow, this is way out there. This is like psychiatrist kind of stuff. No, it, it might seem that way. But really, guys, we've been in this field a long time. I'm telling you the reason that 70% of the United States is overweight and 40% of the United States is obese Which, by the way, those numbers are eerily similar to pretty much every other, like, what I would consider, like, a first-world country, okay? Um, The reason for that is not because they don't have information. It's not because they can't go and work out and go and buy and consume foods that are going to serve their health instead of act against it. It's not because of that. It's because of what we, in general, across the board, are thinking how we're thinking, what we believe, how we believe it, and our our subsequent storytelling around those things. Okay? So, let's turn it over to Amanda. Because right? we all have stories. And stories that we tell ourselves. And what I'm finding more and more and more is when I ask a client what's going on in their head, and I can finally get them to break... Break open a little bit and and realize that oh I have been telling myself the same thing on repeat for 18 years, or whatever it is. What I'm finding is there's a lot of uniqueness to each one, each person's story, but there's also a lot of commonality to each person's story. So like I actually share in common a little bit in a sense to what Shanna just talked about, and I'm sure many of you can too. So Amanda, um, you know you've got a really 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 powerful just overall journey that I know has, has really helped a lot of people when you share some of that stuff. You know, we talked about it in um, a couple different pieces of content over the years. And obviously we talk about it with clients. We talk about it in our free group a lot. But what, what is one story that you've told yourself in the past? And it, it may still be lingering. It may not. It, it, that it's, it could be. doesn't matter here but what's one that you know that you, you told yourself for a very long time that once you became aware of it and you started to realize it was nothing more than a story, you were able to move past it and actually see some results?
2: So actually, my story wasn't something that I even wrote myself. It was my family story, where all the women in my family are obese. Um, my stepfather is obese. My brother is obese. And so it was kind of like, well, this is our family. Um, When we go on vacation, we're all going to gain 10 pounds. Um, It was just a story that this is how my family is and I don't know any better. Um, Or I can't figure out another way to do it. Um, Which eventually turned into a diagnosis of binge eating, which then became also part of my story. Well, I have binge eating disorder, so that's just what I do. Um, Well, I have binge eating disorder. That's why I just ate 5,000 calories. Well, I have binge eating disorder. That's why I can't stay in control. Um, And while a lot of that is habits and is part of my story, I won't let that define my story. Um, at one point I weighed 220 pounds. That was my heaviest. How tall are you? 5'5". And a lot of these habits, you know, this story has been playing in my life for 25 years or more. And the more I told myself the story, the more I allowed myself to continue with it. Um, you know, I... I'd do things like I'd go to Taco Bell and I'd order from there and I'd go directly to Burger King and order from there because I have binge eating disorder, so that's what we do. It took me a long time to break out of that. Um, I am probably the only female in my family that is not overweight or obese.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. So you... So you broke the cycle, but it didn't come without its consequences, right? True. But the the story of, tel- like, that was really powerful, right? So the story of, well, this is my family. This is my bloodline. This is my heritage. And I'm part of that, you know, this is kindred stuff here. So, you know, <laughs> I just inherited it, and that's that. Uh, I totally get that. You see that all the time in families who, across the board, are, are very overweight or dealing with the same thing and they just, the, the, the children become the parents, so to speak. But you broke that pattern and you developed this new thing as a result, kind of, right? And then you started living a, a new life. A, I will say, from my perspective, correct me if I'm wrong, but a healthier life, but it also had its own baggage that came with it, right? Yep. And now... Now where we're at is, I mean, as far as the, the physical transformation is just re- amazing. Anyone who's in, been <laughs> part of our groups or seen our our content, you know, man is in phenomenal shape. She looks great. Um, definitely not two hundred twenty pounds anymore. Very strong, um, fit, athletic. So things have changed, and even though they've changed, there's there's still there's still a little dead weight there, right? They were dragging around still. Like some of this stuff is still there. It's, you know, the storytelling is just still a little bit there, and that's the thing, guys. It's not, it's not something that you just you reach a point where you just wake up one day and you're done um, dealing with the internal dialogue. It's it doesn't just go away completely overnight. What happens is, and maybe I'm curious, you guys' thoughts on these too. What happens is what I've observed myself and what I've what I've observed over. Uh, since was it 13 14 years now of being in this space is it gets quieter and quieter and quieter and quieter it's not that it, it's not that the voice completely shuts up overnight but what happens is it gets so quiet and the frequency of telling ourselves the story becomes so su- such a low number becomes such an infrequent thing that it becomes less and less and less. So now instead of telling ourselves a story every single day, it might become every single week and then every single month and then every maybe every 3 months and then every 6 months and then once a year or something like that. But that might take 10 years for that to 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 devolve that way. Okay? Now, let me back up a little bit because the storytelling that I just mentioned of being like a daily practice, I know that's something that many of you are dealing with, okay? And it often looks like this. It might be daily. uh, Certainly is is likely a weekly practice. And it might look like this, where you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, I'm going to do good today. I'm going to stay on track today. I'm going to do everything I got to do today. I'm going to eat right today. I'm going to go to the gym after work. And you go through the list of all the stuff you're going to do, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, cool, got it. And then the rationalizing and the justifying and all that starts when your ha- normal habitual thing takes place. For some people, okay, many clients that I've worked with in the past, they had a habit of they started off the day great at 6 a.m. But then at, by 7.30 a.m. when they were driving to work, they stopped for a coffee. And they were like, you know what? Today's going to be a great day. I think, I, I think I'm, still, I'm going to get a donut, but I'm not going to get two, right? And then they get one instead of two. Okay, fine. It's not as bad as two, right? Or they're, they're still technically on track. Great, got it. But now they've kind of planted the seed. And then lunchtime rolls around. Maybe lunch goes normal and all that stuff. And then the 2.30 or 3 o'clock hour rolls around where they would normally go to maybe a gas station down the street or to the vending machine and get something. Peanut M and M's or whatever, a Kit Kat or whatever. Okay, and they and they're like, well, man, you know, this morning was great because I only got one donut instead of two. So and then lunch was, you know, I was dead on with that, and I'm still gonna work out later. So yeah, I can still I can still do this, and they still get the M and M's, so they still get the the thing, right? And then they eat that, and then they have uh, this. The, the end of the day rolls around, right? And they they kind of have this this whole like mindset shift from work mode to not work mode when they leave and they start thinking about, well, I've got, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do it. But you know, I've also got, um, uh, like little, you know, Jimmy's got baseball practice here in about two hours and I want to, what are we going to do for dinner? I don't know. Um, and then, oh man, maybe I don't have time. Maybe I just don't have time actually. You know, maybe, maybe I don't, maybe I have to do this tomorrow, but it's okay. So been good. So it's all, it's cool. Right. And then, <laughs> Go through the rest of the the drive home. We get home, take Jimmy to baseball practice, and, oh, it's getting kind of late. We need dinner. Well, I've been good all day, so I guess we can go to Chick-fil-A. I guess I can get the same chick, I don't even know what they sell there, chicken sandwich, potato wedges, chicken nuggets, whatever. And all of a sudden, we're right back where we started. Okay, we're right back where we started. And then what happens? Okay, because that's just one day what happens? Well, Tuesday rolls around and we tell ourselves the same exact story again in the morning. Today's going to be the day. I'm going to do it today. And then the almost exact same scenario plays out. Okay. So how many of you do that kind of thing where you tell yourself the same story on repeat over and over and over again? And the only things that change in that story are Like the little nuanced details of what you're eating, or when you're going to the gym, or whatever, or when you're planning on doing these things but never actually do. What sort of stories are you telling yourself on repeat every single day like that? Um, I have a I have a, a very close friend of the family who tells me all the time that, well, I start off every week fantastic and I do amazing. This happened. This is a true story. Every single week, Monday through Thursday, I am perfect. I go to the gym. I do this, I do that, I eat salads and this and that, but Gordon, Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, I just can't seem to get it, to get it figured out, and I, I just, I eat Friday nights, pizza night, uh, I like to have beers with my, my sister, I like to, like, it just, and it's the longest list of stuff that has has worked its way into the habitual nature of that person, to the point where they just—they're so deep in not wanting to let go and telling themselves the story that you know what next week's going to be different—that they just keep repeating the same cycle. To the point where it's almost as if they're—and I believe this. There's some truth to this, but it's almost as if they are actually addicted to the pattern, right? Actually addicted to the pattern and addicted to the cycle, and. What's at the core of that, guys? At the core of that is storytelling, okay? And at the core of every habit, every bad destructive habit, is a story. There's a story that that person is telling themselves. Now, you may not be aware of this, you may not think about this much, but if you really do sit down and think about this, people do things habitually because of a subconscious pattern, right? But that pattern, like every pattern, is born from two things. Thoughts and beliefs. Your thoughts and beliefs drive your patterns. They do. You don't just develop a habit or develop a routine for no reason. There's a thought and there's a belief behind all of it. That's what makes us human. One of the things that makes us human is we believe things and we think things. And those beliefs and those thoughts drive our actions. They drive our routines and they ultimately turn into habits if you think about just the way we behave on a daily basis, everything we do is habitual, just about, right? The way you drive to work, you probably don't think about it. The way you pump gas, the way you go to the grocery store, the conversations you have with people. like Most things that we do are habitual by nature, and those habits didn't just happen out of nowhere. There was a lot of thought that went into that. Think about how you learned how to drive. You had to think about it a lot, right? <laughs> you had to believe that turning this way would get you where you're trying to go. And then it turned into a subconscious thing, right? Then it turned into a routine and a habit. That's a really kind of out there example. But how we treat our bodies and how we talk to ourselves and carry ourselves is the exact same way. So what you think and believe about your body right now is going to absolutely, absolutely uh, mirror how you treat your body externally. Does that make sense? It may not be apparent, (laughs) but I'm telling you guys it's the way it works. So when why, when I say or when we say that you know it's not really about the workout, it's not really about how, the, the 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 meal plan or the nutrition or whatever. Those things are obviously important, right? But that's that's so secondary. What comes after secondary? Tertiary is that mm-hmm. a word? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the tertiary thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's it's so distant from the core problem that that. If you're just seeking the next diet and you're just seeking the next next workout program, all you're really doing is positioning yourself to repeat the cycle that you've probably already repeated a dozen times or half a dozen times or twice or whatever, a hundred times. I repeated the same pattern almost every week for like five years. But every single week I would tell myself the same story, but I would tell it with like, as if I was going to actually do it. <laughs> it was, like, the same story over and over again. But I told myself that story like I was going to actually do it. And I would maybe make some minor tweaks, right? I would go find a new workout program that was some cookie cutter, one size fits all thing. But, like, this is the one. This is the one that's going to do it. Or I would go find some weird meal plan from some professional bodybuilder and be like, I'm going to follow this to a T and I'm going to look like him, right? And I know many women do the same thing, right? We're all, like, So right now, today, in 2022, the big thing that I'm seeing a lot with our clients is, before they start working with us, is following Instagram influencers or Instagram fitness people or TikTok fitness people and modeling what they're doing, expecting the same result. Guys, it doesn't work like that, okay? It doesn't work like that. So I think it's always great to put good motivational things in front of your eyes. I love that. It's always great to do that. Put the right things in your mind and in your head and in your eyes In your ears. But if you're looking at someone on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube who is, let's just say a woman with like 19% body fat, incredibly fit, looks amazing in her fifties, which is very realistic and doable. Okay. Very realistic and doable. But if you're looking at her and you're just following what she's doing at the gym and you're just eating the same meals that she shows you on YouTube that you're, that she's eating, you will not get the same result. Okay. She won't tell you that. I'm telling you that. Okay. And if you've tried this and you haven't seen the result, it's because what I'm saying is true. Okay. It's, there's so much more going on. And I guarantee those people that you probably look up to if you, if you fit this criteria, those people have done what I'm talking about, what we're talking about. They have identified that maybe they had some cycles that they kept repeating that they had to break. They had to identify that their thoughts and their what they believed to be true needed to change. Okay, it absolutely needed to change. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to um, a guy who has no idea who I am, but I know who he is. His name is Jeff Cavalier, and I've learned a lot from him. And he works with a lot of professional athletes. And one of the things that he taught me years ago through his content, it wasn't directly. Again, he doesn't even know who I am, but he taught me through his content, was you need an amazing plan. You need an amazing plan. It has to be great. You have to have a good nutrition plan. You have to have a good uh, training program. Ideally, they'd be custom made for you. You have to have those things. But those things don't mean anything if you don't have the most important thing, which is a reason why this is even important to you. If you don't have those, if you don't have that, none of that stuff matters. And the only way that you're really going to To really figure out why this matters in the first place is to be able to take a step back and look at the cycles that you're repeating and the stories that you're telling yourself over and over and over and over again. Right? So it's not an easy thing to wrap your head around. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) But it's the absolute truth. Um, It's a shame. You looked like you were about to say something.
1: Yeah. Well, it's hard to create change if you're not aware of what you need to change. And so if you're, if you're wanting to change something, what is it exactly you want to change? If, you, if you're not aware of the stories you're telling yourself in the first place, chances are the stories aren't going to change. And I think I was just thinking a lot about my own journey and just continued still when you said, I don't know if you guys agree with this as well, but the stories do get quieter and less frequent I think it's just, I'm very aware of them now. And so when I start talking to myself, it's like that back and forth, almost like that devil and angel kind of situation,
2: yeah.
1: you know, um, and it goes back and forth. And I, what you said on Monday night really resonated with me when you said, wouldn't it just be awesome if you said something and actually like followed through with it then? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like the stories we tell ourselves, we can talk ourselves into or out of a lot of things. And if if you want to make a change, you have to be aware of what exactly you're needing to change, right? And then saying what you're going to do, and then doing what you said you were going to do. Um, if that makes sense.
0: <clears throat> oh, guys, if you want, listen. <clears throat> Here's the thing. <laughs> okay, this is, this is, this is very, very, very true. What I'm about to say, and, and Shanna just kind of, on a, without knowing, teed me up for this. If you want to generate real consistency, and like everyone complains about motivation, right? I'm not motivated. I just don't feel motivated today. I'm not motivated today, right? If you want the ultimate endless motivation train to be on your side, if you want that so that you never have to really worry about this stuff ever again, the way you do that is by generating integrity with your body, with you. Okay. Now let me explain. Okay, integrity in this case, what I'm talking about is what Shannon just said. Okay, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna do this thing, whatever it is, and I'm gonna actually do it and actually do it. Okay. So that story you're telling yourself, it's the reason you're probably not following through with it is because it's probably not realistic. Most, of, most people do that. We tell ourselves a story. We, we create some idea, some this utopian thing that we're going to do, and it's just not even realistic. You're talking about going from, from zero to 180 overnight, and that's just not going to happen. It's about one little small incremental thing. But if you just did this, okay? If you just said, I am going to go to the gym three days. I'm going to work out. Let me put it that way. I'm going to work out three days a week, For the next six months and you just did that and that's all you worried about, what's going to happen, guys, is it's going to reshape your entire mindset because now you are generating something called integrity and following through with what you said you're going to do. And when you do that, then you start to develop the most important thing, which is confidence in yourself and when you have confidence that you can do what you say you're going to do and follow through with what you say you're going to follow through with then what happens is you just add more to the plate now yeah i'm going to keep working out 3 days a week cuz that's normal for me that's easy i do it all the time i do it every week now now it's i am going to actually follow through with hitting the appropriate amount of nutrition on a daily basis For the next six months, I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. And you can even do what I did. Because by the way, these are two things that I did (laughs) years ago. But the nutrition thing, you can do what I did. okay? Which was this. It's like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to follow through for six months. I'm going to give it six months. And if by the end of six months, I haven't lost a single pound, then I'll quit. Well, guess what, guys? Six months later, I hadn't lost a single pound. I lost like 50 pounds. Okay, And you can all, can all do the same thing. right? But now, six months later, when you've achieved that result, whatever the number is, okay, and you've actually generated that integrity from within, what you're going to have is not only integrity and confidence, but you're going to have all the motivation in the world that's going to be conjured internally. You don't have to go looking for it anymore. You don't have to go look... <laughs> Look at people on Instagram to get motivated. You don't have to go watch a workout video to get motivated, right? Now you might have a day here and there, okay, but by and large, ninety-nine percent of the time, you you just all it's, it all comes from within. And that, how would that feel if you didn't have to look for an external source to be motivated? How would it feel if you could just wake up and do what you said you were going to do? I'm telling you right now, it change your life. And it doesn't take very long. Right? People always underestimate what they can achieve in three months, six months, nine months, twelve months, and we way over uh, expect, or our, our expectations are way over the top on what we can do in like thirty days. Right? So that's that's just a quick fix mentality of the way things are right now in in, in you know diet culture and um, exercise culture, fitness culture. Which is unfortunate, but does this make any sense?
2: Yes, because mm-hmm. a lot of it you see it when you're checking out at the grocery store, on every magazine. This person lost seventy pounds in thirty days if you just, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, add apple cider vinegar or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, listen, time. listen, guys. <clears throat> if it was as easy as adding, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just, I have to do this. All right, let me interrupt you. No, go for it. If 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 all you had to do was put apple cider vinegar in a glass of water and drink that every morning, and that would solve all your problem, like all your weight loss issues, don't you think that those statistics I threw out earlier wouldn't be accurate? Don't you think that it'd be like ninety nine percent of the country is fit and healthy, and one percent is overweight because they don't have access to apple cider vinegar or something? If it was that easy, guys, everyone would be fit, lean, healthy. Okay? If it was as easy as drinking a super juice or a super food blended, whatever, <laughs> uh everyone would be fit, lean, healthy, have a six pack, whatever. Um, guys, it's not that. Sorry.
2: Go ahead. No. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying now. I
0: totally derailed you, I apologize. Uh I just that was almost it's almost like a trigger word for me. <laughs> The thing is, apple cider vinegar does have benefits. It's just, um, they're way exaggerated in the industry.
2: I did try that for a while, though. How'd that go? I didn't really see any difference. But Mm -hmm. supposedly it is good for you. I didn't really do it for weight loss, but I didn't really see any difference.
0: What's the craziest thing you've done?
2: Well, that's not Mm -hmm. the craziest. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll come back to that.
1: Probably ideal protein.
0: Ideal protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what about that specifically?
1: Um, it's not sustainable. Um, so lots of protein take you almost exclusively off carbs, um, but the caloric range is so low. Um, so I guess maybe not crazy per se, but it derailed me terribly, actually. Mental, like mental state mindset, stories I would tell myself. I mean, that created, created a, a monster in my head after that program. And you
0: lost a lot of weight, right?
1: Yeah, on 80 pounds.
0: Yeah, and then you <laughs> yep. put it all back on, right? Yep, right. all of it. So that's important to know, though, because it. It, people, okay, listen. So we had this guy uh, who was part of our company. Um, you guys remember Scott, obviously, right? And Scott, I loved, he had this, this thing that he would bring up all the time, which I absolutely loved. He would say, all right, guys, look. You know, you see the before and after pictures of some of these, some of these, um, some of these things, some of these transformations. But what you don't see is the after, the after pictures. Like, what what happens six months later? And the results are always very, very, very poor. Okay, so, and I've heard a bunch of different statistics, a bunch of different studies have been done. Um, you know, you can, guide, you can go do your own research on these, but by and large, okay, by and large, I'm talking ninety five percent plus. Of women who lose weight, put it all back on, and more. Okay, that's that's kind of the unanimous agreement across the board from all these these like health studies that are done, and I, I see it. And Shannon, like you're well, you're someone who's experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, my fa- every woman in my family has experienced that exact same thing too. Um, and that's that's a diet culture thing. So when you diet, just so you guys know, we you know we talk about not dieting. Dieting is not the solution. When you diet, all you, what, what you're really doing, yes, you're gonna lose weight. Yeah, of course, if you actually stick to a diet, yeah, you're gonna lose weight. If it's okay, you're restricting yourself of a bunch of different stuff. yeah. but what you're really doing is you're training your body to experience lack, experience scarcity. okay? You're, you're training it to adapt to not having enough, okay? which is going to, for lack of a better term, put your body into survival mode. Okay? It's going to do everything it can. It's going to fight tooth and nail to hang on to every calorie that you put into it because it doesn't think it's ever going to get any more. That's what happens. So Amanda, when you were going through one of your programs uh, before we worked together, weren't you eating like 900 calories a day?
2: Yep, I was eating 900 calories a day, and it was meal replacement program, so multiple times a day I would eat a a something, like maybe it was a bar, maybe it was a...
0: They sent you all the meals, right? Yeah, they
2: sent you all the quote-unquote meals. They were very, very small, and then one time a day you ate an actual meal that was basically protein and vegetables. Um, but I did lose a lot of weight doing that. In fact, I was the smallest I've been since junior high school. But when things got tough, that's actually when my binging ramped up because it wasn't sustainable. It's like, well, what happens if I eat real food or whatever it was? It was, it was very restrictive. It wasn't a lifestyle, it wasn't something I could sustain.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's awful. I mean,
1: restriction restrictions yeah
0: just are i mean my mother's gone through this cycle literally guys 20 times that i can think of over the since i was like a teenager just restrict 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 600 700 calories a day no carbs can't eat anything with a gram of sugar like just full-blown restriction and then six months she'll lose a lot of weight and then six months later it will all be back on and more and uh, what, what I've noticed too, again, she doesn't listen to this, so this won't ever get to her, but it's okay if it does. What I've noticed is she has trained herself to be a binge eater. Okay, now this just, just became, I just became aware of this probably in the last year, All right? After, yeah, about the last year, is that she's trained herself to become a binge eater. And many of you are doing the same thing if you're following some of this. And I don't mean that to be... Disrespect, like just, just. I'm coming from a place of love and support here, guys. If diet culture, it's not necessarily their direct intention, but what it, what the result that's actually happening when you go through this quick fix diet mentality is you're training yourself to kind of develop some of that. You're trying training yourself to develop a little bit of binging and a little bit of scarcity around food, and and really at the end of the day. Binging and scarcity around food are are functions of just having a terrible relationship with
2: food. I was going to say because unlike other addictions, you cut that out and you just stay away from the things that trigger you, alcohol, drugs, whatever. But when it comes to food, you have to eat food to live. So you can't just walk away from food. You can't just... Not go to the places that you went to to get alcohol or drugs because you're always going to be around food.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like the hardest thing in the world, right? Okay, well you can have a little bit, but you can't have too much, you know. And by the way, you're addicted to this, so everything in your body is telling you to just keep going and keep going and keep going. And you can't. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's awful. It's awful. And quite honestly, guys, it breaks my heart to see it because it. There's a better way, (laughs) and the better way is exactly what we talk about here. Now, listen, you don't need to be a permafit client, so don't don't mishear what I'm saying. But if you actually want long-term sustainability with your health and with your weight and with your overall fitness and well-being and vitality, then it's going to start with how you think and feel about yourself. Okay, It's going to start there, what you think and what you believe. And then it's going to be connecting with some reason why it's important to you in the first place. Okay, And then from there, it's about creating a plan that's actually realistic and sustainable for you, that's actually going to match your lifestyle, where you don't have to reinvent who you are in order to adhere to it. And anything else is just a quick fix, fad thing. It's not going to last. Anything else, I'm 100% confident in that. Okay, There's... Anything else is not a long-term fix. It's just not. It's just not. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's really no other way to say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyways, guys, <clears throat> I hope this makes sense. Listen, at the end of the day, think about how you're thinking about this stuff. Think about the stories you're telling yourself. Thinking about some of the cycles that you repeat and maybe some of the stuff that goes through your head when you're repeating, when you're repeating those cycles. And how long have you been doing that? How loud is that voice? And then think about what life might be like if you were able to quiet that voice down, shut that voice out, and not have to worry about getting motivated and getting inspired by something external in order to try to sort of, kind of, make some progress here and there. Like, think about what that might be like. So, all right, we can go ahead and wrap this one up. you guys have anything before we punch out? Got nothing. No? This was nope. cool. This was fun. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, guys, well, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much. As always, if you need anything from us, we are here to support you. Truly do mean that. So go check out our free Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. Or shoot us a comment or a DM or an email. All that stuff's in the show notes. We look forward to connecting with you and helping support you along the way in your journey. That's it, guys. Have an amazing, blessed rest of your day.